Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. It's our second episode of The Big One Podcast. I'm here with my boy, Brian Boyer. Woo! Big in, bringing in the deuce. Yeah, and then I'm uh, me, I'm David, aka New Guy. Uh, and yeah, welcome. Glad to be yep. here for another week. And I'm glad you're here too, Boyer. Thanks, man. I, I, t- I tuned in, um, and I'm talking, so yeah. it's, a, it's a double whammy. Yeah, you, the double threat. The uh, double threat. As oh. I like to call it, double whammy. Cool. Saying. All right. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's <clears throat> jump right in, man. Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta Motor Speedway. What did it you, was a race. What, did, what, did, what was your overall impression of the race? You know what? I'm going to give it a solid B+. Um, which is better yeah. than Atlanta got last year from me. So yes, yeah, I did find. I mean, like you know, I think overall one of the most uh, obvious differences was uh, restarts, which were mm-hmm. just fascinating to watch. I mean, yeah, much better. Yeah, it took like five or so laps, five or six laps for everything to actually like start getting spread out. But I mean, there were restarts where we were seeing four wide. Just yeah, there casual were casual four was... wide. I was losing my mind during some of those early restarts because it was like it was California or Michigan where yeah. as soon as they go, there's guys already trying to make runs. They're they're yeah. jumping out of line before they even hit the start-finish line. Then they're Ooh, four baby. wide going into the damn corner. This oh, is Atlanta. Baby. It's not that big of a track. Yeah. Especially um, but with, they always made it work. They never wrecked. Yeah. Especially with like Surprising. how bad grip is there. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if yeah. we see like five wide at Atlanta. Just a casual five wide. Oh, casual I'm really excited wide. about Phoenix. With that dog, with that dog leg. leg and with the yeah. start line there, that's going to be Woo. nuts. Yeah, it's going to uh, be great. So let's talk about this here Atlanta race a little bit. Um, mm. So aero package changes. This is not yep. the full new aero package that we are going to be seeing. I believe this week is the first week that we'll see the full new aero package. First week, yeah. We, we talked about this a little bit last week, right? It's the, the only difference was the brake package, which I thought was actually hilarious because then during the race, um, they were talking about how how much tape they'd actually put over the uh, brake ducts um, that the teams had complained about. They were like, guys, it's Atlanta. It's such a hard track. We're going to use so much brake. And then NASCAR's <laughs> like, all right, fine. We'll do this modified package yeah. where there's brake ducts so the brakes don't overheat. And then everyone's just like, ha, psych. And they tape <laughs> those fuckers up. Uh-huh. And then they were like a slightly faster, right? Like, uh, yeah. I thought it was, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they were just trying to get around using the the full aero package for Atlanta because Atlanta is a driver's track, and I think they didn't want it ruined by doing anything. So yeah, that makes sense. So the uh, there's Atlanta where they didn't have the brake ducts, and then Pocono, I believe. Do you know what the other track is where they don't have? I believe it's three tracks where they're not using the brake ducts. Oh, is it three tracks? I thought it was three races. So I thought oh, it was it Atlanta, might. Pocono, Pocono. Um, but maybe, uh, maybe, maybe you're right. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I wish I had uh, properly researched this before bringing it up. We're, we're like the best podcasters <laughs> ever. Uh, all right, um, but yeah. So like you know, we talked about the arrow and everything like that. Um, but like, what about the arrow as it pertained to some of the lapped cars being in the way? Uh, we'll yeah. eventually get to our biggest whiner of the week, mm. but. Uh, without talking about you. that, what what did did you see anything that I'm talking about? Like with uh, the lap cars? Yeah, I did. It was interesting to see because I mean, like the lap cars became a much bigger issue in this race than I think we've seen in a lot of previous races. Uh, mm-hmm. Which this sort of thing reminded me a lot of what we've been seeing in Formula One for the past couple of years. Oh, uh, so in Formula One. Uh, there is an issue where, I mean, they made the cars wider, which makes it hard to pass, but 
the cars are just also so incredibly dependent upon aero that if you are behind someone else, like it's dependent mm-hmm. upon the aerodynamic forces, you know, keeping you tight grip to the ground. So if you're behind someone else, their cars will mess up. It'll provide dirty air for you, which mm-hmm. makes it very, very difficult to uh, follow closely. Like you literally just cannot follow very closely um, in the same line because mm-hmm. you won't get enough downforce. And then additionally, it causes damage to your tires, which F1 mm-hmm. being open wheel, it's a bigger issue than you'll see in closed wheel racing like in NASCAR. But uh, we were consistently seeing issues where cars were, uh, or lead lap cars were being significantly affected by lapped cars and were not able to follow the lines that they wanted to. I mean, this yeah. is, you're seeing this with all of the cars out there. But uh, yeah, driving through lap traffic, I think it's going to be a much more challenging uh, act to pull off this year than it has been in previous years. Yeah, I, w- I will say it's kind of a yes and no for me. Like, yes, I uh, there were tons of guys just complaining like, oh, man, that guy, he's a lap down. Why is he running my line? Even though you're like 10 car lengths back, it's like I'm so affected by that guy that's yeah. right in front of me. Regardless of if he's a lap down or not, I want him out of my way. But the fact that yeah. he's a lap down, he should get out of my way kind of thing. Um, but also yeah. uh, some cars didn't uh, were totally fine. They were set up well to actually run through the pack. I think yeah. Kyle Busch is, is, was the most obvious one. I, uh, Martin Truex did a pretty good job of this as well. Um, but when they got mired back a little bit, yeah. uh, they came right back up. Like, no problem at all. Versus you compare it to, like, Larson or Blaney, some of these guys that have pit road issues. Uh, Eric Almarola was really fast at the beginning. They all had pit road issues. They all came back, and they never came forward again. Yeah. It was just not – they just could not. Um, their cars just weren't set up for it. Yeah, that that is a good point. I do think that that's going to be one of the main challenges for setting up cars this year is yeah, being able to deal with the dirty air from other cars. I mean, with mm-hmm. aero just being such a big deal this year, it's going to be huge. Um, with that aero... Uh, I know that the cars were going faster through the corners, um, mm-hmm. and yeah. Kyle uh, Busch yeah. had issues with it getting into the pit lane, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I mean, the the cars because they were going slower overall, uh-huh. um, they were actually carrying a good amount of speed and not having to kind of d- drop their speed so much, and they weren't they weren't losing their tires quite as quickly as they do normally in Atlanta, being such a what is it, uh, 22 years since it's been repaved, um, they normally lose their tires so quickly that they can't carry hardly any speed through the corners. And I think it was uh, somewhere around 8 to 10 laps in, they were actually going faster uh, than they were Uh-oh. previous years uh, huh. just because the tires weren't falling off yeah. as fast. And they were carrying uh, speeds through the corner about 10 miles per hour faster. So there were a lot of people you know, online complaining, oh, the cars look so slow. And it's like, well, not through the corners. Uh, they're, they're actually running a lot faster. Yeah. I think as well, like... Uh you know, I saw a lot of cars getting sideways in the corners, which made mm-hmm. me very happy to see because it means that, you know, while these aero changes are still a really significant factor, the cars mm-hmm. are still hard to drive. I know a lot of people were concerned about the cars being too easy to drive now. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think that we saw that that is not the case at all. And and also, you know, with this, like we talked about, with this issue with uh, lapped cars, it's going to change how the drivers approach the corners and how the drivers deal with these lapped cars. I mean, yeah. like, wh- one thing that irritates me about people complaining about lapped cars and that they should get out of the way is that, no, there's no rule that states that they should. Well, there there is and there isn't. You haven't uh, been around for, like, the uh, 90s and uh, early 2000s where there was this kind of uh, gentleman's agreement 
that if you were a lap down car, you'd get out of the way. Now, granted, it was more necessary then because back yeah. back then they didn't they didn't start too wide with two guys that were literally racing for position next to each other. Yeah. It was lap down cars on the inside, and the uh, 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 lead lap cars were on the outside, which was the dumbest thing ever. Because insane. then what would happen <laughs> is you'd have some fast cars that were like one or two laps down, yeah. and they and they would literally be in the way of guys trying to compete for a position. Um, and, and so there was, there was this gentleman's, there were a lot of gentlemen's agreements out there for all kinds of things. They didn't race back to cautions. Cause if you remember, they didn't freeze the field. You still race, you still race back to the line, but the gentleman's agreement was cautions out. Um, let's all, you know, leisurely get off the gas and no one will pass each other because this is where we're at. You know, yeah. we're going to stay like this unless it was coming to the checkered. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting, so yeah, that's an interesting like view on it. Sorry. Continue. No, no, I just that's that's about it. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, Tony, Tony Stewart. I think um, he actually told a story a couple of weeks ago. It was about how um, you know people used to to run those rules, and that's why he started getting pissed off at the Joey Logano's of the world because they came in and they never raced that way, mm. or they never they never were brought up with this like, right. this rules thing that that Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, these guys that came over from open wheel and came into this big boy sport, and Dale Earnhardt. Was just like no, you're gonna race the way all of us race. Yeah, um, yeah. and and that was uh, you know then they they adapted and they started racing that way, and then all these young kids came in and they're like, damn you, young kids, yeah. learn some respect. <laughs> um, and and you know you've got guys like Ryan Newman. Uh, Ryan Newman was around for a lot of this, but who uh, notoriously races everyone regardless of how many laps down he is. He's like, I'm racing my race, you race your race. Get by me if you can. Yeah, I think that's that's one thing that I like about the fact that NASCAR doesn't. Uh, explicitly dictate rules around this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like the drivers policing themselves thing because, uh, for example, with uh, which we'll go in a bit more depth about this later, but with um, the 19 car complaining about lap traffic, Mm -hmm. a lot of it is just because like they don't respect him. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. uh, you know that's just something that you have to deal with. I mean, yeah. you know, like in Formula One, of course it's different. It's road racing versus oval, but you have blue flags, you have rules around people getting out of the way, and I really mm-hmm. like that in NASCAR you are able to not need those rules, and you are able to require drivers to deal with it in whatever is the way that they decide to. Whether it's being friendly and getting along with the other drivers and getting them mm-hmm. to cooperate that way. Or if it's by changing your line and setting up a car that is able to deal with, uh, you know, bad air. Yeah, I, I agree that I'm glad NASCAR doesn't have those rules. But I will say they actually do have – the flagman does flag cars that are lapped down to with a, uh, a flag that means get out of the way. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Which is – the like probably the the least looked at flag in all yeah. of, uh, of motorsports <laughs> because like no one cares about it. It, does, uh-huh. it doesn't carry a penalty. Like you you're not gonna get in trouble for holding up MTJ uh, right. like our boy Pretty Ricky was doing. Yeah. Um. And actually, actually, that brings up a good topic. Is uh, Pretty Ricky man? You were you were so hot and heavy about him in the beginning you know, of that race. You were like yeah. he's so quick, and I'm like, all right, well, let's see. I uh, it was interesting to see. I mean, so that's one thing that I was really interested about this race is uh. If the people like Pretty Ricky, who tend to do well at super speedways, with with the improved abilities of drafting in this, um, with this new aero package, I was really curious if Pretty Ricky would actually be able to be quick. And he started off being pretty quick uh, mm-hmm. for the first twenty or thirty laps. He was he was pretty quick. Um, I mean, I believe he started second. Is that correct? 
Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he actually, at, at the very beginning, he he, uh, he beat uh, whoever, the, whoever the hell was on the pole yeah. <laughs> to the line <laughs> and then uh, and led, actually, I think the first one or two laps there. Yeah. So um, it, was, it was very interesting because he started off uh, quite quick, keeping mm-hmm. up with everyone, and then eventually fell off. He ended up one lap down. And one thing oh, that yeah. I'm really curious about is if this is just the result of him – not being able to uh, adjust his car well enough to um, deal with changing track conditions or oh, yeah. or even if, you know, his car maintained a certain level of speed throughout the day, mm-hmm. but that other teams were able to better deal with uh, or, or were able to improve their cars throughout the race better than he was able to. Yeah, I'd say even, um, again, back to the, the whole the tires drop off so much in Atlanta, um, one thing that the drivers used to be able to rely on, I mean, uh, it was only around for a number of years, but you could make these uh, track bar uh, changes while you were driving, right? Um, yeah. And and that actually helped a lot when your tires start to drop off. You could make some changes and make your car handle better because the handling changes so much during a run in Atlanta. Um, and, yeah, like you're saying, I mean, like he maybe started off super well, um, and then as the day progressed, his crew chief didn't keep up with the changes quite as well as some of these other teams do. Yeah. Um, and, and, and for him, he, he didn't even have the ability to change his car during a run to try and keep it competitive, uh, when maybe it was at the very beginning. Um, so yeah, so he just dropped off. So, yeah, and they would never seem to really be able to find, uh, their groove as it were. Yeah. Uh, you, uh I think, did you, uh, did you notice much about, uh, this sort of thing? Did you, did you notice anything about, you know, drivers who were able to improve significantly or got worse significantly over the course of the race? Well, I'll say, um, well, let me start with the people who got worse or stayed worse, I guess is the better way to yeah. put it, is uh, Austin Dillon complained probably the entire race. <laughs> um, and, and it was funny because they just kept keying in on his audio during the uh, during the race yeah. um, because he was just mad. He was just mad that the fact that they like set up this car one way and there was no way they were going to fix it during the course of the race. There was zero chance they were going to get it mm. anywhere near competitive. And he knew it, and he knew it from almost the green flag. Um, and, and that's just got to be infuriating to know. Like we just we we didn't just whiff on the setup. We set it up in a way that is not intelligent for the way that these races are going to play out this year with this new aero package. So yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, how uh, the 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 Penske boys, man, they all three of them were kind of. They, I wouldn't say they were performing badly, but they were you know tenth ish uh, most of the race. And then um, all of a sudden, uh, everyone except for Ryan Blaney, he was doing well pretty much the whole race. Um, but then all of a sudden, all three of them, uh, th- three of the top four at one point, yeah, they just came out of nowhere. Final yeah. stage, there, there, there they are. Yeah, that was very impressive to see. It'd be interesting to go back and see. You know, I'm 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 curious how much of it was deliberate versus. Oh, we just figured out how to set these cars up, and now we're going to go up to the front. Or or if yeah. it was a lot of waiting around and preserving their. Cars, because equipment. One thing that I'm not too certain about. I mean, you know, we always talk about tires being a big deal, but I'm curious if there's anything else on the cars that degrades over the course of a race. Um, Uh, Yeah, I mean, the engines definitely do, right? They talk about saving their engines all the time, and then we're not just saying like, "Oh, uh, we're saving our engines, ha ha ha." No, like the engines literally do degrade over time. Um, I think, man, this was so many years ago. But uh, they they were doing these, like, NASCAR was literally taking these engines, and they were uh, performance testing them 
um, both before and after a race to check to see what kind of horsepower they were running, and they were dropping off a lot. And granted, uh, I, now I think I'm dating myself because I think this is very early 2000s. Mm. Um, but I, I distinctly remember that and being like, oh, that's what they mean by saving their engine. Like, literally by not pushing the engine as hard or not yeah. pushing, you know, the car, they they do maybe conserve half a horsepower or a horsepower or whatever whatever it's going to be for yeah. the end of the race. So. Which, yeah, that, that makes sense. And that can make a huge difference. It can. Uh, definitely not as much as tires, I think. But, uh, but yeah, definitely makes a, a difference on the track. So. Yeah. Um, so, cool. uh, oh, go ahead, please. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. All right, deal. So, uh, <laughs> did you notice anything else? Uh, any any other big things from this race that you wanted to mention? Oh, man, there was uh, some some weird stuff happened. Uh, there was a, the pit road crash. Yeah. Um, that, that was definitely was weird. Ryan Priest, was he the instigator of the crash? No, no, no. He was the one that took well, took the blunt of it. But okay. uh, no, it was a uh, man. Now I'm gonna draw a blank on Lee. this guy's name. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh, B.J. McLeod, I think. Oh right, name. yeah. Um, yeah. in the fifth, in the fifty-two, he just was like blown by his pit stall. Like he just missed it. Yeah. And so he tried to stop on pit lane, and uh, and you know I thought it was so interesting that uh, <laughs> um, Ryan Priest just looked down at his tack for like half a second, uh-huh. and there it was, just just. Boom. Yeah. Um, that's why we don't text and drive, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a perfect um, yeah. example of that. So do you think that that – do you think uh, – who who do you think is at fault there? Oh, it's definitely BJ for sure. Yeah? Uh, totally, totally at fault. Uh, what is Priest to do? Uh, granted, in, in Priest's audio, one thing I noticed when I went back and rewatched it was that they said, you know, uh, one lane – Instead of like to the to the grass, which is normally what you say when you're like you have no one near you, like you can go all the way up, and right. he said one lane, and I guess that's you know the spotter probably is trained to think like okay go one lane, then once you're there, then we're gonna safely get you over the grass. Yeah, uh, but he was super in the clear. There was no one near him. He should have been to the grass like immediately. Just go yeah. to the grass. And if he had been that far outside, he'd have been fine. I think uh, uh, was it uh, Ryan Blaney was actually behind all of that, and he was he was at the grass. Yeah. So I, if, if maybe the spotter had gotten him there. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard thing, you know, because yeah, it was it was primarily just because he was looking down at his tack. Um, yeah. And that is something that you need to do. So it's hard to really fault him for that, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I wonder how much more the spotter could have done to prevent that. I mean, I, I personally think that a large part of the blame there comes down to the spotter. But that also is such a... This sort of incident happens so infrequently that, I mean, it just seems like some sort of freak crash. Uh, yeah, more than anything uh, it, else, it it definitely was. Um, and and it what sucks about it is that uh, it's JTG Doherty Racing are the ones that that field that forty seven and the uh, I think it's the thirty four. Um, uh, Michael McDowell's car, uh-huh. or no, that Mike, no Michael McDowell is front row motorsports. Anyway, um, they field two cars. They've been around NASCAR for a long time. And they just have not had results, really. And they had one of their guys finish in the top 10 uh, during the 500. And then they had two in the top 10 when Priest got in that accident, mm. which just sucks, man. It yeah. just it hurts. It hurts when that stuff happens. So Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. But at the same time, still uh, gives hope for the rest of the year. You know, I think yeah. that's going to be interesting to watch how they do. Um, so... Let's see. So, uh, 
the results of this race overall, at least, you know, we'll start off talking about who won. Brad Keselowski, mm-hmm. fantastic performance uh, yep. from him. I, I really think that the most impressive part of this is that he had the flu leading yeah. up to this. And yeah, he, so I... I, I think that like uh, that focused him more. I think someone might have mentioned that during mm. the the thing, but that's all I could think the whole time was like, man, when those days when I like go into work and I probably shouldn't, and I'm like sort of <laughs> sickish. Not I'm comparing myself to winning a a uh, big NASCAR race right now. Yeah, um, but you know I go to race and and I and I uh, comparison. Yeah, <laughs> I get up and I get up on stage and uh-huh. I'm uh, you know gonna present or whatever, yeah. and I I kill it. I, I just dominate it. You I'm do just, all you know, of your I'm programming really... in a fire suit. Is that correct? Uh, it is true, yes. Okay, and I yeah. actually have um, uh, heaters next to my face. Nice. Time, uh, That's good. Just to simulate a, a, a standard, you know, a NASCAR race. So, right, yeah. Um, and I think that helps a lot. Yeah. But uh, but no, no. I'm, I'm just trying to get to the fact that I think it takes a tremendous amount of focus, but that you might actually have a bit of an edge when you're sort of sick or you're coming over a sickness mm. in that you can focus so entirely on one little thing. And Brad Keselowski, more than almost anyone in the garage, I had the opportunity one time to be at a driver's meeting um, at Bristol a number of years ago. And when I was there, uh, I was standing standing one row right behind a bunch of the drivers and crew chiefs that were sitting there. And uh, the one person that stood out to me the most, you know, all these fantastic drivers in the same room, was Brad Keselowski sitting right in front of me, not giving a flying F of of the actual like presentation that's uh-huh. going on about oh yeah pit road speed it's the same as it's every year um no he didn't <laughs> he didn't care he he had his head down yeah. i i might have imagined that he had headphones in but i think he might have uh he was just did not give a, an f about this stupid presentation right. and he was in the zone yeah and this is this is you know an, a couple of hours before or two hours maybe before uh green flag is going to drop but he was yeah. already in the zone. he woke up and he was in the zone kind that's of totally believable I mean, he's a he's a monster out there. It was he really is. it was very cool to see him in the nineteen. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, you know, towards the end of the race, the nineteen was dealing with a lot of lap traffic, and that was yep. the main issue for him. But uh, I think midway through stage three, he and the nineteen were just having some incredible battling. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of side by side, lots of trading of leads back and forth. Um, yep. it, just the ability to continue wheeling that car. And I think that your point about him being extra focused there is definitely uh, hold some water. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I mean, fantastic driving, which was really exciting to see for this new rules package. Um, it definitely didn't crash and burn. You know, it was definitely mm-hmm. like this. This turned out well uh, overall, I think. And it's going to be very interesting to see tomorrow what oh, happens yeah. at uh, Vegas. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I, I, I'm I'm excited for Vegas, but also I think it's just as much of an unknown as we were thinking Atlanta might be. Atlanta yeah. ended up not being uh, as much. Yeah, of, uh, like if if we revisit our our predictions for last week, I, I had uh, picked um, was it was Kurt Busch and uh, uh, Clint Boyer as my two drivers. Yeah. Um, and they ended up finishing uh, fourth and fifth. Uh, both, yeah, fourth and or not oh fourth third. And fifth. And I think fifth. it was th- third and fifth. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Uh, so I had two top fives, and then you had picked Kevin Harvick, who is who is an obvious uh, uh, pick there, and yeah. Kyle Larson, who uh, both of them dominated big portions of the race, won two of the uh, uh, segments. Yeah. Um, and Larson, the only reason he wasn't able to finish up front um, was because of his uh, uh, pit road penalty. No. So I think they were they were fourth and twelfth, uh, respectively. Yeah. Um, uh, so man, not bad for us. I not know. Bad. First podcast predictions, and that? we get four of the top twelve. Well yeah. done, sir. Take that, ESPN. Yeah, they suck. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> Harvick, yeah, so uh, looking at the race results here, I'll just go through uh, 1st through 10th here. Kozlowski 1st, okay. Truex 2nd, yep. Bush 3rd, mm-hmm. Harvick 4th, Boyer 5th, uh, Kyle Bush 6th. Less good Bush. Yeah, the less good Bush. Bush Part 2. Uh, <laughs> Eric Jones 7th, and uh, Eric Al- Almarola 8th, mm-hmm. Chris Busher 9th, and Daniel uh, yes. Suarez in 10th. Hey, uh, so old Swervez. Um, but uh, Chris Busher is the other JTG Doherty racing uh, mm. person that I was trying to think of earlier. So it's the 37, yeah. not the 34. So apologies yeah. if JTG is listening right now. I don't mean it. You know, I think I think Pinsky, and I'm certain that he is listening. Almost, <laughs> almost definitely. Uh, I think I think Pinsky. You know, you mentioned it earlier. I think they had one of the most interesting, if possibly depressing, storylines of this race. I mean, you know, Kozlowski did end up winning. But mm-hmm. we have both Ryan Blaney and Joey Logano who finished a lap down, but they led 41 and 22 laps respectively. Very appropriate for Joey Logano to lead 22 laps. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, uh, and Blaney with 41, so I guess he's moving to uh, Stuart Haas next year. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, they, they, they both um, had really good races, and, and again, were th- they, at one point they were three of the top four. Uh, but then they both had tire issues, and mm. I bet, like, I wonder if they even told Brad that, that his teammates had yeah. tire issues. They were probably just like, nope, leave them alone, because <laughs> um, that's how all crew chiefs sound. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but no, Joey actually had two different tire <laughs> issues. Um, what was funny was they didn't even mention the second one, because it was it was right when Truex was trying to catch uh, Kozlowski, uh, so that's that where the attention sense. was. But I saw yeah. that little yellow car heading the pit lane right in front of him, and I was like, ha-ha-ha. Sorry. See ya. All right, here, but Joey. but yeah, so yeah, they finished way back. Um, yeah. But but you know uh, that that stuff happens. Um, you know, yeah. yeah, whatever. Ross Chastain finishing. Uh, he finished thirty first. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. He was uh, he was the guy that I was harping on, la- or not harping on. Uh, was was complimenting last week yeah. for finishing all of the events. Which uh, you know, f- uh, finishing on the lead lap of all the events at Daytona is one thing. Mm. It's a really really amazing feat. And so I was trying to see is he going to do it again. Yeah. And uh, and in the truck race, finished 10th, lead lap. Finished 14th in the Xfinity Series, lead lap. And then, yeah, I think he was over 10 laps down. Yeah, 12 laps event. down. So I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. It like was like lap 25, and he was already a lap do down. And I was like, okay, that's not happening. What Do you know what happened there with him? Uh, no, just slow car. Just slow car, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mm. what's this, uh, the team is, uh, oh, a J, JD Motorsports is the one that's okay. uh, uh, sporting him. Yeah. Um, so... You know, they, they do what they can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. So I think that's about it for this race. Do you have anything else for this specific race? Uh, no, I think we talked it into the ground. Oh for, but it was a B-plus race, so, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe you know, some air time. First race, I said aero package more times in the past 30 minutes than I think I have in my entire life. Yeah, any listeners out there, we have decided that we will do shots next week every single time we say the words aero mm, package, and yeah. we hope you at home will do the same. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you're listening at work, uh, no excuses, uh, play like a champion. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, so now let's uh, let's go into to next week's race, right? Uh, you want to do Winer of the Week before? Oh, actually, you know what, man? We focused all of our attention on the cup race and we didn't even talk about any of the other oh, yeah. uh, series um just just real quick uh kyle bush um in the truck race wins the race um he, be, he took some records right 
Yeah, uh, got the all-time truck win record with 52 wins. Wow, that's or insane. Did he, was it 52 or 53? No, it was, I'm pretty sure it was 52. Okay, yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, how many, he has a bunch in Xfinity, he's got a bunch in uh, Monster Energy Series, um, he's definitely closing in on uh, Richard Petty's uh, all-time, all-three series record, yeah. for sure. yeah. Um, which is just stupendous. I we 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 like to you know, give him a lot of flack, but honestly, he is one hell of a driver. Yeah, he's. I mean, I just I I always say it that I just love to hate him. Uh, yeah, he's just such a fun driver to watch, and mm-hmm. you know, he's an incredibly good driver. But he's also someone that I just love rooting against. Yeah, uh, well, because cause it's fun when he loses. Right? Yeah, everyone yeah. wins regardless. Uh huh. Even second place is the worst thing that can happen to him, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last week, it was hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> after 500, man, just a whiny little baby. I love it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, with the Xfinity race, Christopher Bell won, uh, oh, which is really impressive. He's, he's also a hell of a driver. Uh, yeah, but what, what do you think he's going to be doing from here? After all the success in the Xfinity League, where do you see him going? Oh, you read my mind. Um, Thank you. Where will I'll he try. go? He he currently races for uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, uh-huh. and and there's no room at the end. You know, we we uh, I think we might have mentioned it last week, but like Denny Hamlin, uh, uh, you know, obviously I think got the monkey off his back by winning uh, Daytona. Mm-hmm. Um, but who who else at Joe Gibbs are you going to kick out? Right? Yeah. Like we've got we got Truex, we got Eric Jones, who's who's proved. I think he's proven himself pretty well already. Yeah. Um, and then we've got uh, Martin Truex, who just moved over, who's uh, two years ago was the champion. I mean, so yeah, it's what Martin are you going to do here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe it could be a scenario, uh, kind of like Brad Keselowski, where he was an up and coming driver for Hendrick, and then he jumped ship because Hendrick was just like, dude, I don't got space for you. Because um, a driver can only sit down there for so long. It's not his fault that the guys that are on the team that he should be moving up into are this good. Um, so, so maybe he will jump somewhere else. And you yeah, know, uh, I don't, I don't, I, I'm currently loving Kurt Busch as uh, you know, I, I, he's one of my favorite drivers. But um, being my favorite driver, Kyle Larson's teammate. But you know, if we can, uh, if we can fit him in at CGR, the Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson team. Ooh. Um, might be uh, might be pretty great. Uh, so has he I'd... had? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's it. I'm good. Uh, I was just gonna gush more. So, <laughs> uh, has Christopher Bell has he raced any cup races? Uh, I don't. I don't think he's actually attempted a cup race yet. Okay, because um, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I mean, with all these good drivers on the team that he would theoretically join, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised if they possibly made a deal with another team to at least get him up into cup, get him to start getting some of that experience so that, you know, when the time comes, he can take one of those places. Yeah, but the only satellite team they have right now is uh, is uh, uh, Levine Family Racing, which is Matt mm, Benedetto. So, like, boy, are they going to no. run a second car? No. I mean... I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on how valuable the team considers Christopher Bell to be and oh. how valuable they consider him getting that cup experience to be. Uh, yeah, it would be they undervalue him. If he, if he never makes it out of Xfinity, it'd be just such a waste. There's no way. Shame. Like I said, there's no yeah. way. He's going to jump ship before they, they try and blackball him or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Which is, you know, more power to him. So, um. Also, uh, so as we're talking about, you know, the basically team alliances, there's also manufacturer alliances have been a little fractured this year because uh, certain guys are yelling at other guys that are in the same equipment as them. Mm. But 
I just want to talk about for half a second Ford. Uh, Ford has not skipped a beat yeah. at all, and even though they completely changed the the model of car that they're running. Yeah, it's crazy impressive, especially after the fall off that we saw uh, Chevrolet have when they switched yeah. to the Camaro body. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting something similar to happen, but Ford was on top of it, and I would love to have a glimpse into what's happening, you know, on the inside. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Ford racing in general has been doing spectacularly across it. like every single series that they compete in. Yeah. Uh, so I really wouldn't be surprised if Ford racing in general, that body was contributing significantly to the success that they have been having this year. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we are going to keep seeing Ford do just as well as they have been doing uh in these past few races, I think that they're going to 100% keep it up. Um, it's, it's just been very impressive on their part, uh, being yeah. able to maintain this level of success. I will say shout-out uh, to Christopher Bell also, because not only did he dominate the race by winning both segments um, and winning the race, but he also is now itched into history as the first one to win in a Toyota Supra. Ooh. Yep. Yep, don't forget. Which has been a controversial-looking car, but uh, you know my opinion on it, which is that I think it looks beautiful. It looks weird, but it's great. You got it hanging above your bed, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm planning on converting my bed into a little Supra race car. It's going to be very cute. That'd be nice. Um, cool. Uh, all right. Now, now I think we can finally move on, which is uh, mm, yes. <laughs> we, we have definitely beaten it to death now. But who is our whiner of the week? We've alluded to it, and if you've been listening up until up until this point, which I assume anyone that is here has been, yeah, thank you. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, our whiner of the week is none other than the nineteen car Martin Truex Jr. Woo! Big old crybaby. Little baby. Uh, uh, so why is he the whiner? He was complaining about lap cars, you know? Yep. yep. And just really, really, really upset about lap cars. Specifically um, one. Specifically Mr. Pretty Ricky Stenhouse uh, yep. Jr. He just, yeah, I mean, just complaining about Ricky not getting out of the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> which, I, yeah. Like I said it earlier, that's racing. That's NASCAR. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what, what are your What are your thoughts on these complaints he was throwing around? I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, like the spotter can go over to uh, Ricky's spotter and be like, "Hey, you're running in my line." But it's it was exactly that scenario I was alluding to earlier, where it's like he was ten like car lengths ahead when he first started complaining. Yeah. It's like I'm not gonna get out of your. I'm not gonna just start running a bad line for me in my race. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm a lap down. In fact, Ricky had a pretty good amount of speed at that point, uh, which is, I think, the biggest reason that Martin Truex was so mad at him. Right? Like, if he had been slow and in the same line, Truex would have still caught him, passed him. It would have slowed him up a little bit. But it was the fact that he like, <laughs> uh, like was was running pretty good times. Yeah. And that Truex had to slowly catch him, and then as soon as he caught him, he shot out after uh, Keselowski and, and didn't get to win the race. But that's not Ricky's fault. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Truex has to try and run a different line. The guy the guy in front of you has the ability to take away your line, but shouldn't have or shouldn't have to ruin their own race or take uh speed out of their own lap times just to let you by. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think it, it comes down to stuff that we were talking about earlier, which is just that setting your cars up to deal with this lap traffic is going to be such a massive uh, concern for teams this year, and yeah, I that mean, is how you're going to be able to deal with lap traffic. 
exactly. I mean, would would Keselowski have been very happy with uh, Ricky had he let Truex play? Right, yeah. Uh, it was uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, big old winner of the week, Martin Truex Jr., mm-hmm. the number 19, Bass, uh, Bass Pro Shops. Yeah. Uh, to- Toyota. So. Well earned on his mm-hmm. part. Congratulations, right. Martin. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, so now I want to get into some race predictions about Las Vegas. It's, uh, you know, again, I think even more of an unknown than last week because we've already seen it during qualifying. Oh, yeah. Guys are just drafting up on each other uh, to make passes. Um, cars running in the back or running a little faster. What, what do you expect to see? Um, I mean, I, uh, you know, the commentators that I heard talking about these new aero changes, which is essentially just adding brake ducts, uh, said that they are going to result in even more of a hole being punched in the air by the mm-hmm. lead cars. Uh, and they were saying that they're trying, that, that NASCAR is trying to get cup racing to be more similar to truck racing, which I think is a uh, great thing yeah. to aim for because truck racing is fantastic and stupid mm-hmm. and a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that we are going to be seeing a lot of drafting. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of close racing. Um, I think that the starts are going to be even more wild than we've seen before. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. And, you know, I just thought of this right here, right now. This is a fresh, hot take Ooh, from your boy, new guy, on, yeah. on the spot. Uh, I think that we're going to be seeing damaged cars uh, – be able to survive better than we have previously. I think that we're going to be able to see damaged cars at least follow closer and uh, benefit from that draft than we've been seeing previously. That's my yeah, prediction. Yeah, I, I, I think you're you're right in that they'll be a little bit better, but it's not Daytona. It's not Talladega, right? Like, yeah. the, the, they're not going that fast that they're going to punch that big of a hole. Yeah. Um, if you're damaged, you literally just can't get around the track as fast. So you're you're gonna you're gonna drop. Well, right I guess that, we'll see that spot. Yeah, I, I guess we will see. But I mean, I think you're I, right, I think I agree also, that the fenders need to. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, the, the defenders uh, off the car may not damage the car quite as bad. So, like, yeah. if you if you just get a little contact, maybe you're not as badly damaged, and maybe that's what you mean. But like, if you hit the wall, like like you you blew a tire and you you know slammed into the wall, kind of thing. I, yeah, you're not you're not going to run competitively. Let's be serious. Yeah, I mean, well, so what I mean is like you know how with trucks they can just tape those bad boys up and then send yeah. them out back on the track. Yeah, they can of take course, a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that we are going to be significantly we're not going to be on the same level as trucks but we are going mm-hmm. to be far closer to that than we were in previous years okay okay uh let's uh let's keep our keep our uh finger on that on mm-hmm. that topic and we'll, we'll see how it plays out yeah cool uh, deal um <laughs> so uh one thing that i noticed uh, of the uh, qualifying this week um was that the cars well one they didn't even get started until there was enough time for like just two laps to be run kind of yeah. thing but and and eventually someone had to lead the pack, and the person that led the pack was was basically screwed because they weren't going to go as fast because they had no one to draft. Uh, yeah. Um, but Which, quick, well, if I may make a quick point. Yeah, yeah. That watching anyone out there go and watch the some highlights of qualifying because it was <laughs> hilarious to watch because it was all these cars trying to be the last one off pit road. Yeah. But it really seemed to me, and this is just from looking at the cars. I might be imagining this, but it just seemed to me like the guys in front were just like fed up with it they're like screw this i'm going yeah. out there pedal to the metal like i'm done playing this stupid game of chicken yeah. um it was what's cool. dumb is it's, it's gonna get even worse because like yeah. as they start to really really figure out their timings they're gonna be like okay oh, i'm yeah. gonna go right now and i'm gonna be able to start my second lap and no one else is and yeah. that's just gonna be funny 
Um, but it kind of just like ruins the way that they currently qualify, and they might need to go back to the old way yeah. that they qualify. Do you think that um, we're going to keep seeing this sort of chaos, or do you think that we might see teams work together? Here? Ah, that, oh, that's yeah. That was the good point I was I was about to make. Was uh, yeah, I think we might see some teams work together. Yeah. But also, there was something really special about, uh, or not, it made me special um, <laughs> about this past qualifying, um, which was that the cars that were the very back. Like mm-hmm. behind a bunch of guys, were were significantly faster. Yeah, that makes um, sense. So so yeah, it's like if you're trailing the pack, there's like just a huge, huge, massive hole to be running in, in which you're gonna be running way faster than everyone else. So um, so maybe uh, it's it's kind of like Mario Kart with the the rubber banding. Oh yeah. Um, the further you go back, the faster you might end up going. Um, you yeah. just hope it can propel you forward enough so that you can uh, uh, finish well. So. Yep. Cool. All right. So, uh, so let's just. Who's who's your winner? Let's go. Whoa. Yeah, you have ten seconds. Oh, I just geez. sprung that. You on know what? Here. I'm still feeling Kyle Larson. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh. go for it again. I feel like he has just been getting so close, uh, and I think that you know I'm excited to see how he drives, and I think he's really going to be able to do some work this week. All right, rolling that four and that two uh-huh. uh, in Vegas. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh. So you know, last week I kind of liked the pack that we were doing. This is my pick, and this is like. My dark horse Ooh, pick. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's let's try that. Who's your who's your dark horse? Oh jeez. Um. <laughs> you know, uh, my dark horse. I'm going to say is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. <laughs> All right. Hey, and hey, that's a good one. Partly because he uh, finished eighth in quali, and partly because I just think it would be hilarious to see Martin Truex Jr.'s reaction. I'm going to make the prediction mm-hmm. as well. Uh, that if Ricky Stenhouse wins, Martin Truex will have a very good chance at being the winner of the week next week as well. Ooh, a two-time champion. Uh-huh. Here we go. <laughs> uh, something that he isn't in person. Um, yeah, okay. Those are those are good picks. Yeah. Uh, what's funny is you, last week you said that Roush Racing might get a win, but it would be Ryan Newman, not Ricky Stenhouse. Uh-huh. So already flipping. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, so my pick this week is I'm I'm gonna go with the the easy pick this week um, like you did and go with Harvick. Mm. Um, he runs well here. Yeah. Uh, I don't care that it's new package and everything else. I'm just gonna go with Harvick. Mm. And uh, my backup, my backup, my 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 dark horse. Um, you know what? Let's go with Suarez. I'm sorry, Suarez. For for those of you that don't know his his my pet name. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Suarez. Okay. Cool. I have no logic or reason for it, but just to s- <laughs> just to swap things up. Yeah, uh, I like he's it. He's one number less than Larson. Yeah, so let's go with that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> All, right. All right, cool. That's good logic. All right, as far as I'm concerned, that's valid logic. You know what? Uh, sometimes I pick the prettiest car out there, and I just hope they win. I think I think as well. Uh, my unofficial pick is mm. uh, Daniel Hemrick. All right, no more picks. Okay, uh, I'm just getting tired of you, Austin Dillon. Is uh, definitely going to finish higher yeah. this week. So, um, all right, okay. cool. <laughs> all right, let's do let's do some rapid fire. I all had right. so much fun doing a rapid fire last week. I want to do it again. Do you yeah. have rapid fire questions prepared? I or? do. Oh, I do. Right, I got them prepared right. right before this. Uh, awesome. Let's do it. They're really good. I mean, you're going to be impressed. Uh, right. But you should start. Oh, I'll start. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's just go back and forth. All right. Yeah, okay. So, uh, three drivers have finished in the top ten in each stage this year. Can you name them? Three drivers have finished top ten in every stage. Yes. 
Gee whiz. And in uh, fact, this one's this one's kind of like a hard one. So if, if wow. we want to come back to it, we totally can, and I'll I'll give you some time in the background to be thinking about it. Jeez, yeah, um, yeah, because it is yeah. a hard one. Let me let me let me uh, put this one on the old back burner. Okay. Throw it in the old crock pot and uh, see what comes out. All right, so so it's uh, your turn. Now. Okay, cool. Uh, do you think that we're going to see keep seeing this? The cars are easy to drive narrative uh, on social media. This year? Um, yes, we're going to see it a lot. And I'm I'm not going to spend a five-minute rant right now to complain about social media right now, but the amount of people being negative about about NASCAR, all right, is, is really breaking my heart. Mm-hmm. And no, but seriously, I, I don't get, I don't, I just don't get it. Like, if you're a NASCAR fan, you should want NASCAR to be good, and you should be able to try and support what they're trying to do, which is get more butts in the seats and more eyes on the TVs, all right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so far, I don't think anything has disappointed. In fact, I think things have been slightly better. Yeah. Uh, and it's a long season, so we'll see how it goes. But you know what? If they swing and they miss, they'll adjust to that too. But we have to allow them to swing and miss. Yeah. So totally everyone, this, this whole stupid thing about, oh, they're too easy to drive, let the drivers tell you that. Uh, yeah. Stop stop armchair driving. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, right. I'm going to guess at one of the people... Oh, okay. Yeah, well, if I let's may. just do yeah one per one per go here. Yeah, go uh, for it. Denny Hamlin. Uh no. Dang it! All right. Yeah, it was. You tried your best. I really um, you're did. Already over really three. Did. Um. Yeah. I mean. Uh. It's. it's I think it's funny. Um. <laughs> it's. It's. It's a hard thing to guess. Uh, yeah. So. So. Uh. We'll give you another shot. Okay. Later on. But. Um. So, how many lead changes will we see tomorrow? Um, I, I, I figured it's going to be really hard to just kind of get you to come up with a number. Oh, boy. Um, so the average at Vegas, oh, thank you. given a completely different package, yeah. uh, have been uh, 11, 20, 21, and 22 in the last four years. So the average, you know, somewhere around like 17. Yeah. Um, but let's say it's – let's give a number of 20 um, is, is kind of like, like what the real average I is. Think, so where do you think it will be? I think it's going right. to be at least 30, possibly 40. Um, oh wow! And okay. I think that I might even be underestimating there. I mean, just because of the ch- these these changes and the increase of the strength of the draft and the slingshot, there's going to be a lot more lead changes. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think it's going to be significantly higher. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Like you could be right. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. I, I I was curious if you thought it was going to be super super high or if you thought it'd be like right yeah. around. What do you was, What are so. your thoughts on it? Uh. I I think I'd say the same. I I don't know if I'm going to go. All the way up to forty. I'm probably going to go with thirty. Um, if you remember at Charlotte last year when they were running a uh, similar-ish package, um, they, the guys could get to the leader, but they could never get past oh, them. Um, so I, I think that might come into play. Yeah. I think it's going to be slightly easier this year, but not that much easier. Um, so I, I think thirty is my high. Yeah. Uh, 18's my low. So okay. Let's go somewhere in there. Cool. All right, my turn. Is Larson going to be able to ride the cushion this year with these arrow changes? Yes. Yes, um, that was the dumbest question I've ever heard, and I think everyone well, listening is dumber for having heard let it. Let me um. <laughs> uh, clarify. Uh, do you think that it's going to keep being as be- as beneficial as it was in previous years? Of course, for anyone that uh, is unaware, riding the cushion, it's like a reference from uh, dirt track racing. basically just means mm. that he can run up against the wall. Uh, yeah, uh, so I, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to. Um, now, the one thing that obviously is, is going to be true is he won't he won't want to right yeah because if there's no one else running up there there's there's none of that uh hole in the air for him to run through and be running faster uh-huh. but i do think 
that the the number one thing at any of these tracks this year is going to be conserving speed not losing momentum right you don't want to lift off the gas you don't like a guy comes and cuts across your nose you're gonna be so furious because you have to lose a little bit of speed and it takes you so long to get back to the momentum that you had um so that's that's what i'm thinking yeah um we're gonna run into uh but you know i guess we'll see okay yeah uh Um, i'm gonna guess another driver oh shoot okay all right are you ready kevin harvick yes that's one yes all right, new guy rules. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. yep. Um, cool. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll go with my last one um, here, and then you can try and guess one more time. Okay. Um, so this is inspired by a listener, uh, Buck Tasker. Um, he would say uh, he always used to say like the the drivers should have to get out and change their own tires and put the fuel in the car themselves. Um, so as they come down pit lane this week. The new rule is that they have to jump out, they have to change all their own tires, they have to put the fuel in the car, and then get back in, <laughs> strap back in, and get their asses going. Uh-huh. Who, Who's doing it the fastest? Ryan Newman. <laughs> all right, yeah. I, hey, feel I, like... I, I, I think they built him a, a bigger window so he could just hop in and out. So. <laughs> uh, maybe he you has know, a door this week, I'm not even sure. I feel, like, I feel like he is bigger, which would make him slightly less agile but by virtue of being bigger he can lift things more and will be able to deal with those heavier tire heavy tires better than anyone else uh, okay. which is why he's my pick that oscar meyer wiener power gotcha yeah. okay yeah. who do you think yeah. well who's your pick on that oh geez i didn't even think about it for yeah. myself um you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with Damn it! I wanted to go with Jamie McMurray, uh, oh, no. but he doesn't race anymore. Yeah, yeah. I just want to go with someone oh, really. Jamie fit. McMurray would be such a good choice. I think wow, he would just dominate. But, you I'll, know, give it go, I'll give it I'm to gonna you. Go, I'll okay. give it to you. I'm gonna go. Okay. Yeah, McMurray. I think he, I think he would be best. But actually, I, I will also just say Jimmy Johnson. Uh, okay. He's also a very fit guy. He's also yeah. really big. I think he could carry the tires. So yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Austin Dillon would just be screwed. He can't get the tires uh-huh. over the wall. So he'd have his wife come out and carry them for him. <laughs> I think. Yep. Probably. Yeah. That's that's probably right. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, geez. Uh, I don't have my third pick yet, so I'll just ask my third question. Do okay. <laughs> you think that Daniel Hemrick is going to keep morphing into Austin Dillon? Um, yes. Uh, he's turning in more and more into him every week. He's actually dying his hair slightly closer and closer nice. to that shade of, of, of ridiculous. I heard that he made his best friend buy a vape. <laughs> just so and just so we can see him vaping so as can. he goes by on yeah. his golf cart. Uh-huh. Uh uh, with his wife that's bigger than him sitting on his lap. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Now the time is up. You need to guess. Oh. I'm going to give you two guesses okay. to get the final two drivers. Boy. All right. Oh, boy. Two guesses to get the final two drivers? Two guesses to Jeez. get the final two drivers. The hard part about this for me is that Talad- or that Daytona happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but remember, I'm saying remember. who who uh, you know got stage points basically. Who who has mm. finished and gotten stage points every week? So uh, it doesn't Jeez. necessarily have to be someone that finished the five hundred. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Ryan Blaney. Oh, ding ding ding! Got one. Hey, All right, you got one more guess. Boy, oh boy. Um, Kozlowski. Uh, no. Okay. Um, he didn't get points in one of them, so he was, he was very close. But uh, the other person was Kyle Busch. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. It just makes sense. He's yeah. a good driver. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the big three. It's the new big three, yeah. clearly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. 
Cool. All right. Uh, so I think we're in the final minute or so. Any any last comments? Uh, not really. I'm excited to see what happens here. Um, yeah. Do you? Uh, you know, I want to just briefly go down some of the standings. Uh, oh, okay, top gotcha. ten of the overall standings here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so first place right now overall, Denny Hamlin with two thousand. Oh wait, no, with eighty-seven points. Okay, two thousand eighty-seven points. Sorry. Wow, he's killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking okay. at the projected projected playoff points. That's yeah. That's how they'd start if they were in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. They were- get a ton of points to yeah. put themselves away ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, so first place, Denny Hamlin, 87 points. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Harvick, 79 yep. points. Kyle Busch, yep. 78. Kyle Larson, mm-hmm. 77. Let's Woo-hoo. go. Joey Logano, 75. Get out of here. <laughs> Brad Kozlowski, 72. Eric Jones right. in seventh place with 68. Kurt mm-hmm. Busch, eighth place, 63. Clint Boyer, which is cool to see him up this high. Yeah, yeah. Ninth place with 60, and then also with 60, Ricky Sinhouse Jr. Yeah, Ricky, man. Old pretty Ricky. Uh, Ricky got some good stage points a couple of times. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, that, I mean, I I don't know what my reaction is to that top ten. It just makes sense because I've been watching the races. So. Mm, yeah, and also yeah. we're only two races in, so uh, yeah, but the it, meaningfulness of this will uh, definitely improve as we have more episodes. Yeah, I'll say the more the more important thing, guys that are currently out of the chase or uh, out of the playoffs right now, uh, Chase Elliott, William Byron, uh, Daniel Suarez, Paul Menard, Austin Dillon. Um, uh, we'll see. We'll see if they can get themselves up in there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, that's about it for me. Have you got anything else? I have, I have nothing else. I think we have talked our listeners' ears off this week. I mean, yeah. I was planning on 40 minutes, and we are closing in on 55 here. Woo! So yeah, we, uh, we can talk. Hope y'all enjoy uh, the content, the tent. Yeah, old podcast, big one, uh-huh. uh, the big one podcast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please follow us uh, at podcast big one on Twitter uh, for any and all new content that might be coming up. We're excited for Vegas. We're excited that we'll be together in Vegas in a couple weeks. Oh, uh, uh, Got to see what we can do special wise when yeah, we're there together. Yeah. So. Uh, please, please keep staying tuned, and uh, and yeah, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are trying to get our podcast onto uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, all those guys, but uh, as of now, some technical difficulties. However, mm-hmm. we will be sure to tell people once they're on there. Yeah, you can't see it right now, but I've got my fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. And possibly my legs, too. So. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, cool. cool. All right, thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we'll see you next week on The Big One. All right, peace out. Bye.